social media is like a highlight reel for many mm -hmm. and it's not like that's not real life yeah it's a struggle but if you keep persistent enough with it it's very feasible yeah just gotta grind this is golden hour where we dive into the mind of a creator to better understand their process i'm your host dave mays and we're here in the polo pro studio over the last decade, I've been in the video industry, working on everything from large-scale video productions to a full-time YouTube channel. Here on Golden Hour, we aim to gain insight from leading photographers, filmmakers, and industry voices. Today's guest is Jason Anthony, who's a photographer, filmmaker, and fellow YouTuber. Jason has had an incredible journey going from corporate America in Long Island, New York, to moving to Orange County, California to pursue his dreams. He's now running a thriving production company doing video productions on the West Coast. Jason also has a really active YouTube channel where he teaches people how to do filmmaking, photography, and how to use your camera properly, like color profiles, which we talk about in the podcast. I've actually talked to Jason before this interview on Instagram, so it was cool to actually put a face to the DM and get to know the guy. So without any further ado, let's listen in on my interview with Jason. Jason Anthony. Yes, that's this is me. it. This is the podcast. I love it. So let's uh, recap about our little <laughs> brief interactions on the internet. Okay. I've actually followed you for a while. We were talking about this earlier, but I saw your A7 III videos. I bought an A7 III right when it came out. I was doing Kinetika. That was kind of early days for me yeah. on YouTube. And uh, yeah, so I've been aware of you. And then... <laughs> When I moved out here, I think you hit me up on Instagram or yep. something. We were just DMing. Trying to link up. Just trying to like do a collab or something. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, things happened. And, uh, but here we are. Here we are today. And we're doing the interview. Yeah. And you're friends with a lot of my friends too, which is cool. So I know. The circle's small. It's weird that we haven't like met in any like random event or any, something. Did you any, go to Cine Gear? I was at NAB this okay. year. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. could have saw each other at NAB. Totally. So. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. We didn't see each other. Right. But here we are. Yeah. So we're going to get this thing started with a little game we call Rapid Fire. I'm just okay. going to ask you a quick question. You just answer as quick as possible. Cool. You've seen the show. So I have. I'm familiar. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Favorite go-to camera? Sony a7 III. Perfect. Most unique item in the camera bag that you have? Ooh. I would say the Alter RFS. Top gimbal choice? TJI Ronin S. Favorite place you've ever traveled? Valley of Fire always has a place in my heart. Drone photography or DSLR mirrorless? Drone. Do you prefer shooting or the editing process? Shooting. Photo or video? I, I'm going to have to say both. <laughs> my passion is in photo, like what I like to do, uh -huh. but I think... The Rap moneymaker. Wait, hold on. Rapid fire, remember? Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe your photography style in one word? Um, all over the place. Okay. Oh, two words. Or all right, that's fine. <laughs> that's all of the questions I have. But cool. uh, if you want to exp uh, expand on what you were talking about with photo and video. Uh, I'm a hybrid shooter, so I yeah. do like both photo and video. I love it both. But my main passion when I first started as a content creator was like just photo. I did not okay. want to do i didn't know that i thought it was the other way around yeah yeah I, I wanted nothing to do with video why is that i was intimidated yeah um it's kind of funny how i got into it um a buddy of mine 
broke his like collarbone mm-hmm. and he's a dp like on feature films tv sets and i got a phone call one day and this is right when i started like dabbling yeah. with video and he's like yo i need you to like help me out today i'm like okay what are we doing he's like we're shooting like two days back to back of a feature film and i'm like bro like i know nothing about like he has a red weapon and a scarlet and oh wow I'm like, he's like, don't worry. I'm going to be your AC. I'll Uh lock in the settings. You just man the gimbal. So I just remember this one scene where like, we're doing like an over the shoulder 50-50 shot. Yeah. And I'm holding this rig, no ready rig setup, just Uh holding a rope, like the OG Ronin Uh with like a red. That thing was heavy. And I'm shaking like crazy for like Uh five minutes. And he's just like out in the corner, like it looks good. And I'm in my head. I'm like, there's no way this looks good. (laughs) So yeah, that was my first experience with it's amazing. video. <laughs> and then uh, what else did you kind of stumble on? You were talking about, um, you didn't stumble on it, but the unique item in your camera bag, what was that? I don't recognize that. Um, it's a rapid filter system. It's got like a hinge and magnet. So being that I am a hybrid shooter, I'm more running gun style. Uh-huh. If I'm going from indoors to outdoors, I usually have my variable ND on it. And like the second I go inside, I can flip it up and then down. Oh, is that the Kickstarter thing that yeah. went up and down? They yeah. sent me one and it broke, so I threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's on Kickstarter. Yeah. I haven't had any issues, but yeah. <laughs> so let's get started with kind of your story here. You moved here to California from Long Island. What made you decide to make the move? Um, Growing up, I was always told you go to school, get your degree, work a nine to five and start a family. And after I followed that process, doing a nine to five, I was working at an insurance company high up. Those daily motions got to me. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. I've always been a tinker and creator. So I started dabbling with product photography, believe it or not, in the beginning. And then it kind of just took off. I did some stuff for like some clothing lines, outdoor lines, some CBD companies. And I was like, you know what? I have a lot of friends in California and everyone on the East Coast, your dream growing up, like skateboarding and like action sports is to be on the West Coast. So I was like, you know what? Let's pull the trigger. Wow. So I quit and made the move. You made the move. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you, (laughs) like you said, you were in kind of a corporate environment. Is that what you thought you wanted to do? Like you went to college and everything to be kind of up the ladder of corporate world? I didn't. I think it was just an easy out. Gotcha. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. at first it was like architecture because I was creative and would draw a little bit. And then after that, I was like, you know what? These electives look like easy. Let me take them. And then I did like business courses and stuff like that. And then got set up with a job. And for three years was yeah. just like doing that daily grind, like yeah. waiting for the weekend. And I knew mm-hmm. that there was more to life yeah. than just like waiting so for true. Friday night to go out drinking with your buddies. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I uh, I. For me personally, I was a magician. That was my first job when I was 14. And then I uh, started doing video. And then I, I did get a real job, like a nine to five. Okay. Uh, I was still on the video team at this place, but it was a corporate job. And it was the first time in my life where I really understood the weekend and like understood why people live for the weekend. Right. And not that it was a terrible job. Like the people that worked there were great. Overall, it was a decent job. It was just like amazing to know that in a couple of days, I can do nothing for two <laughs> days and be with my family and, yep. you know, go see a movie, whatever, you know. And uh, I never understood that because as a freelancer and especially when you do what you love, it is hard to blur the line of like life and work because Bounce. it's so fun sometimes to do what we do. <laughs> and also, uh, if I sit around all day, that's one day of editing that I could have done, you know. Yeah. And 
once I'm done with that edit, then I can move on to the next edit or the next job and make more money. So or watch Netflix. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> or binge stranger things. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. So you went to college, went to college, <laughs> got the degree, got the job. Yeah. And, what school did you go to? Uh, Malloy. Okay. Out on Long Island, New York. That, yeah. 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 I started with community college yeah. and then just. What was it like know. growing up in New York? Pretty stereotypical to the Jersey shore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. Yeah, we were. I was on Long Island, so you had forty-five minutes to the city, and the Hamptons and Montauk on the other yeah. side. So it's pretty cool. But yeah. I feel like as a creator, there's really not much out there, uh-huh. and that's why, like, out here is like. What I do you say, mean, Casey was out there, and like, oh. yeah, I mean, I feel like you get burned to the city. Like, there's nothing else to shoot. Whereas, like, out here, you have like yeah. all these state parks. Yeah. You know, snow beach. No, you're right. Desert. Absolutely. Yeah. I could never. I can never live in this in the city. I've been in New York a few times, and it's a beautiful, fun place to visit. And my brother actually lives in Albany, like in the middle of nowhere. But okay. So yeah, what do your parents do? Uh my father passed a couple of years ago, but I'm my mom that, she recently retired, and she just like every New Yorker either goes to Carolina or Florida. So she picked Orlando, and she's been <laughs> hanging out there. Wow, you know? Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's fun to visit. She's living her best life, so I'm happy. Growing up, were you kind of attracted to the arts and artistic things at all, or? Growing up, I was an introvert. I was actually 400 pounds. Really? Yeah, when I was younger, up until like 20 years old. So, so I was very like closed off and like video games or like i yeah. used to play with cat a lot uh-huh. like in high school i took the courses and then i always thought i wanted to be an architect so i was uh-huh. always dabbling with that so yeah i was kind of just like yeah that dude. kid and dude i can relate i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't uh you know heavy like that but i did hang out with a lot of the dorks and nerds yeah and i w- i mean because i was one so <laughs> right <laughs> i was a freaking magician uh <laughs> so you have to be kind of a dork to practice magic tricks for 4 hours a day in high school <laughs> but um but yeah i can totally relate and uh it's funny like as i became a man and adulted a little bit i start started to learn you know how to socialize and how to be normal uh yeah. and that actually for me was through magic how did you kind of Okay. Like branch out and bloom. What happened when you were 20? Um, I got into fitness heavily, you know, heart disease, diabetes ran in my family. So I knew at some point, like I looked in the mirror and I was like, yo, like I'm not happy with like this image. Wow. So I started working out. My brother, my dad were bodybuilders, believe it or not, which is kind of random with me being so like, I guess, morbidly obese. So my older brother started taking me to the gym. And in the beginning, at first, I could only walk. So I would walk around my high school track like wow. at night. And in 10 months, I lost 192 pounds. No way. So I just got addicted to like fitness and just <laughs> feeling good and eating healthy. And That's some good results I think, to kind of motivate you. Yeah. And I think that community, kind of like the creative community, everyone's like open and warm. So I just started like networking and making friends at the gym and stuff like that. Wow. So yeah. eating healthy too. And yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the biggest change for anybody who's trying to go from, you know, a habit of overeating to not. I mean, yeah. It's hard. So yeah, I married a baker. So that's my <laughs> problem is uh, I, I was always like a super thin kid. And then I got a dad bod when I became a dad. So. Do you like sweets? Uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> she made a batch of like fresh brownies like a couple days ago. Oh, man. It's like, torture yeah but she's pregnant so she's craving a lot of this stuff okay so i'm pu- i'm putting on the weight for her to make her feel better so uh anyways um so let's talk about uh something that happened between over the last couple of you know year or whatever yeah uh, you got diagnosed with cancer 
I did. I was um, diagnosed. But you're eight months cancer free. Yep. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, tell me about the cancer that you had. Tell me about that process. Okay. I want to hear this story. I don't know it. <laughs> The story is kind of funny. Um, I was, do you know? Funny. I don't, I don't think cancer. I know, funny. but it, it's it's a light subject because yeah. like I like talking about it, and yeah, I think the area that I was in in itself is kind of funny because okay. I had testicular cancer. Yeah, and um, you know Azusa Canyon out here, it's yeah, kind of like it, yeah. yeah, it's like north of LA. So I was out there filming three Lamborghinis. Wow. All day, it was a mess of a day. Two of them blew out tires. We needed tow trucks. There was no service. Long story short. Um, I was wearing jeans that were like incredibly tight that uh-huh. I sh- had no business wearing. <laughs> and I kind of sat in the car and I kind of just felt something when I sat down. Uh-huh. So I had pain for about two weeks. I was like, you know what? Let's go to the ER, check it out. And I was told that I have a tumor. And uh-huh. then right after that, they pretty much were like, just follow up with the urologist at like UCI or UCLA. I was like, all right, cool. But they didn't make it seem like it was like, you need to go like tomorrow. Yeah. So I made an appointment at UCI. It was like, at the time I was going out to Puerto Rico to film a documentary with Rastaclot. It's a clothing line. Uh And um, I got back and instantly had my appointment. And he's like, we're removing that tonight. I'm admitting you. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, (laughs) there's a 99% chance it's cancer. Oh my gosh. Wound up waiting like 48 hours because they couldn't fit me in because of all the like the emergency surgeries that were coming in. Sure. And um, yeah, I have one now and I'm cancer free. And uh, I think anyone that like males 25 to 35 have the biggest like risk of getting it. Really? So if that's your age that you're watching this right now, please just check yourself out. Wow. Like, I, I never have even heard like, yeah, about it. Yeah. Normally there's no pain. I just so luckily hurt myself where they discovered it, but usually there's not. Wow. So, so it, it's just kind of by chance that you found it in yeah, the first place. Yeah. It was stage two. So we caught it just before it spread. Oh and my gosh. Now I just follow up for the next five years, every three to six months. And oh my gosh. The so week before is a little stressful, but yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that they were able to take care of that. And yeah. I think, again, like you said, anybody, any male that's listening to this for your own health and for your own Seriously. You know, life, you should check it out. Yeah. They say one in every five get it. One out of five? Yeah. Dude, why aren't they like teaching us this? Like, <laughs> right? I never even really heard about it. Yeah. I mean, I heard about it in school a little bit. Yeah. Dang. Well, thank you for sharing that. No, no problem. Uh, what kind of things, like, did you get a new perspective on life? Like after this whole process, you know, being so young and having cancer or potentially something that could have been way worse than it was like yeah what kind of perspective did that give you i don't want to sound too cliche but it definitely like you have more of appreciation for sure i'm just trying to be open about it so that others are aware because of how common it is even though you don't really hear much about it um but yeah my whole outlook is just like living in the moment trying not to stress because stress will make you sick regardless with all these diseases out there eating healthier and just overall just enjoying yeah the time yeah 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 wow um was the the, were you kind of just able to rest for a couple of months or um weeks it took me about six weeks uh they they don't go in where you think they would it's like in the pelvis area like if you have a hernia Uh so i just had like an incision like that big so like once that healed up pretty quick i was able to get back to the gym and shooting but yeah i was dang i was getting so crazy yeah yeah 
It's like, oh man, where you been? I was like, I was like cancer. So <laughs> yeah, right. No big deal. I'm just gonna start working out again. Yeah, so shooting videos. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. No, no and problem. And hopefully we can help someone who listens to this. Um, so you recently went on a 10 day trip to Peru that Sony hosted. Yes. Tell me about that. Um, around Q and Nate in the wild, they're Sony ambassadors. They hosted this workshop. There was about 10 of us. I had the opportunity to film it and document it for them. And it was crazy. Who else went with you? Anybody that I would know maybe? Um, no, no. They were just like people that have gone on other workshops with Q gotcha. and Nate. So it was just like a really cool tight knit group. By the end of it, we were all family and stuff. Awesome. I know most of them are going to Kandu or Kando this year. Uh-huh. Um, the elevation's no joke. I was training for it, <laughs> thinking like I could. Uh-huh. And the second you step foot in like Cusco, like no matter like mm-hmm. walking up like the set of stairs that are in this office, like yeah. you're gassed. Oh, wow. So like the first two days, like I flew in a day early. Dude, like you're gassed. Wow. So then um, we hit Machu Picchu. We did Rainbow Mountain, which was, there's two ways you could do Rainbow Mountain. There's like the two hour hike, or there's like the 12 hour hike that's mm-hmm. two days long. So we did the, the 12 hour wow. and that was pretty crazy. They had some emergency horses and people were taking them that couldn't like do it anymore. Yeah. And then we finally hit a lake the last day, which was also a hike. And everyone, like I'd say eight out of the 10 people or no, half the group wound up getting horses like in advance. <laughs> they were just <laughs> over it. Yeah. But yeah, Peru's beautiful, dude. It's, wow. Yeah, it's never breathtaking. Exper- never experienced it before. Yeah. Um. So we're kind of hopping all over the place. Let's actually talk about like what you're doing now, how you got to what you're doing. Okay. So what exactly, when somebody asks you at the grocery store, oh, what do you do for work? Like, what do you actually say? I never know what to say, by the way. So I know. it's um, I just shoot videos. I don't know. Yeah, I'll say like <laughs> full-time content creator and people yeah. usually don't know what that is. So yeah. I'll say like I'm a photographer and yeah you know filmmaker yeah and they're like oh okay cool cool what do you shoot i mean yeah. tv or you know like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like uh. <laughs> any movies i would see right that you've worked on. <laughs> um but no so like what you you work with brands you're on youtube and instagram correct you're doing all sorts of freelance stuff all over yeah. the place so like i would say i specialize in more like lifestyle branding for like clothing lines or just kickstarter brands uh-huh. or just brands in general that seems to be like my forte or the direction that i've just been going in do you shoot and edit yourself yeah i shoot and edit everything myself um i have a lot of retainers with some like clothing lines and stuff like that but um yeah i'm just trying to do a little bit of everything you run everything yourself yeah yeah for the most part you know i work with creative directors that are on board with the the specific brands and some of them are in-house some of them are contracted out by agencies stuff like that yeah but you don't have like an assistant, an editor, and a shooter, no. and all that stuff, right? No, no. Yeah. I have friends that'll be second shooters. Sure. You know, I'm sure you call like your buddies, like I need yeah. you, like if. Exactly. But no, yeah, it's yeah. pretty. So freelance life, run and gun. Save those taxes, man. That's it. Um, <laughs> and as far as your YouTube journey and stuff like that, like tell me about that and why you started your channel and um, kind of your goals with with YouTube. YouTube kind of just happened. I learned everything off of YouTube. I watched Kino Tika. I've watched like, <laughs> no, seriously, like some of my closest friends channels, uh-huh. like 
I watched their videos before I even met them. That's funny. And it's kind of crazy how well, it I mean, progressed. I saw your stuff before we yeah. met you. So. <laughs> I remember that message. Like, dude, I've seen you before. I'm like, yeah, like I've seen you too. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. yeah, I started watching editing tutorials and just pretty much yeah. everything. Like my brain was a sponge. So I was like, you know, I want to give back to the community. Yeah. And I know the Sony a7 III just came out. I'm like, you know what? Let's do a bunch of tests. Let's play around with it. And yeah. the Smart. subs and the views kind of just came and I just kept going with it. Yeah. Picture profiles, lenses, stuff like that. So totally. as far as where I see it, I've been slacking the past two months because of freelance life. And yeah. ideally, I would love to do it more full time. Uh -huh. I just know right now it's not more realistic. Yeah. Um, so hopefully down the line, you yeah. know, it gets there. But it's like a little creative outlet for you. And uh, correct. Yeah. For me, it's also been just a place for me to just say stuff that is like built up inside of me that i just want to get out yeah you know <laughs> like yeah if a new camera comes out a lot of people maybe don't know about it or there's something that i know that i'm I'm not seeing people talk about i just want to get it out there you know for so sure it's great to have that outlet to just totally you know express yourself and you meet the like coolest people like some of my closest yeah. friends are like subscribers of mine mm -hmm. they're like hey i'm local and like, can I help you shoot That's like awesome. your B-roll or BTS? I'm like, yeah, come out. Like, you let people do that? I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's hang. And they, they become like, like my like best block. friends, right? No, I'm just kidding. But some people are like that in the industry. Awesome. And I think it's just like being friendly and like being like yourself and genuine. I think you could you could feel it out. Yeah, I've met totally. some YouTubers. I won't drop names, but like yeah. there are egos. And I just think like we're all yeah. here with the same passion. Let's have fun and create. Like totally. it's sounds cliche but i genuinely mean that like, no it's it's true hang. the people in the little niche that we're in are great because we're all a bunch of nerds really <laughs> right you know? so uh but yeah so since you've been here you've you've taken a lot of opportunities that have just come up um you've worked for a boxing company yeah. in the uk uh and they they film pro boxers can you tell me about that yeah um so when I was working with Ross the Clot, I flew out to Charlotte and we filmed Kemba Walker from the Hornets. I think he just got traded recently. Uh -huh. um, and I did a little cut scene. It was just like a raw take of him just dribbling. It was like pretty raw, but like the sound design, everything was on point. It's amazing. And at the end, he like slaps the ball and it jumps back. Uh -huh. So I had a creative director from this company called Box Raw hit me up. And he's like, yo, I, I love that rawness, that like nitty gritty. There's no yeah. fancy whip pans or RGB splits or anything. That's yeah. like, he's like, <laughs> Let's work. So I was able to film. Um, he actually shoots Sony cameras, but he's a he was on the 49ers cornerback Will Davis uh, training in clothes. And then I've been able to film some of the top boxers in the world, yeah. like Lomachenko, who's phenomenal and a bunch of others. So it's a fun gig. It's fun. What can you expand on uh, what you just said about how the producer is like? No RGB splits and whip pans. Why? Let's talk about that. Okay, <laughs> so let's get into it. Is there a trend in this in those types of niches that maybe people are overdoing that one hundred percent that you're trying to go against? Or yeah, I mean, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cliche stuff in the film industry, specifically like travel films, yeah, hyperlapses, time lapses, RGB splits, yeah. all the whip pans, and there's nothing wrong with it. If Which it's, when they came out and when the pioneers of those things did it, yeah, like Matt, it was who mind, you had on, yeah, like he was the OG. Yeah, it was like mind blowing, and yeah. uh, Sam Colder and like you know these guys who and we've had a lot of these guys on the podcast, yeah. and uh, yeah, but. But <laughs> now you pay 50 bucks for the preset pack and it's just you drag and drop. It's not you're sitting there for hours trying to figure it totally. out. Totally. 
Um, I'd say like my style of filmmaking is more like classic and cinematic. So when people reach out to me asking me questions, I always tell them, learn the basics. Yeah. Locked off shots, hold your shots a little bit longer. Totally. Learn how to shoot handheld with some motion in it. You know, yeah, like have motion in the frame, yeah. have the have the talent and the subjects, you know, add dynamics, not your camera move. Exactly. Yeah. Like rule of thirds and like mm-hmm. storytelling, which is huge. Have a narrative. <laughs> yeah. And some of these mashups, I just feel like sometimes I'm having a seizure and I'm uh-huh. sorry if like you guys do this, but like the visuals are beautiful, right? They're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome, it's but like, there's man, no story. Yeah, it's like, man, if somebody told a story with these visuals, it'd be amazing. You know what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm in a couple forums on like Facebook and stuff, and I seen someone do that editing style at a wedding. <laughs> I'm so, dude. Oh, I want to do like a spoof <laughs> video about Bro, that. Bro, it was just, I don't know. Like, that's the end of my rant, but yeah. I just tell everyone, it's just learn the basics. Yeah. Have that timeless video yeah. where like you watch it three years from now, it's still cinematic classic yeah you know and make it years. unique to you too you know yeah 100 percent. so because like again the pioneers of that style that is their style right mm-hmm. uh casey neistat another great guy to point out like if you look at his career and his work over the last 10 years yeah go watch his hbo special he did with his brother it's the exact same style it's just now he's doing it with a DSLR on YouTube yeah. instead of a camcorder on HBO. Which is so cool. Uh, but because of his influence, everybody shoots like Casey Neistat. You I know? know. But that's how he shoots, not how you shoot. I feel like it's hard to be original because everything's been done before. Mm-hmm. So I think just like putting out your best work and really studying like yeah. the top films and like what made them unique yeah. and stuff like that. You know, like the... The aspect ratios, frame rates, just yeah. all that stuff. You you do need to know it. It's so important. Yeah. And I, I struggle with this all the time too, because I subscribe to, you know, probably well over a hundred YouTubers. <laughs> right. Um, and they're all very similar, but they're all different. But still, like if you look at all the tech YouTubers, they have the exact same speech cadence, which drives me crazy. <laughs> Uh, and then you look at a lot of us and we do a lot of the same things too with camera reviews. Yeah. And uh, but then you have people like Kai W who like he's totally unique. He's so good. I love Kai so, so much. good. And then you know of course a lot of other people are very unique and different too. But it's easy to just get wrapped up in comparing yourself to other people That's and being influenced by other people maybe not even intentionally. Yeah. But because you're filling your mind with different shots and different things, you then actually execute those things because you're just consuming a lot of content. Totally. Like, how do you stay creative and unique? Do you ever shut off the internet and oh yeah yeah. oh yeah um i stopped like a lot of the other guys that i'm I'm sure are like we subscribe to the same channels i kind (laughs) of took a break from watching them yeah you know like lens reviews and tutorials and stuff like that and just trying to think outside the box like i'll say it like right away and like my lens compare like there's no pixel peeping there's no charts like i'm going to show you the results that it gets so i'll do mm-hmm. a b-roll segment photos stuff like that like i don't care about that stuff like if it looks yeah. good and if i could use it yeah i'm gonna use it yeah so um well then why don't you shoot on a canon camera <laughs> i'm just a sony fanboy because <laughs> the specs are yeah. terrible but the yeah. results are pretty good i am looking into a cinema camera very soon the c200 um, no i'm gonna go black magic Oh, the, like the pocket, yeah, dude. just because of my running gun style, and you dude. can't beat the price point. No, either. no, rigged yeah. out, it's like thirty five. Like, yeah, sure. Once I have everything set up, and I think for like running gun, absolutely, like Re's and C two hundreds, they're too big for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'll my uh, 
so let's talk about nerdy gear stuff because okay. we could probably go on forever. <laughs> what what is your kind of go to package right now with cameras? Uh, I've been shooting a lot of handheld lately, uh-huh. so I usually I have R three and a seven three. Uh-huh. Um, I like zoom lenses when I'm shooting handheld, just because I could like change yeah. the focal range very quickly. Um, so I have like the small rig set up, have everything on it, microphone stuff like that with the monitor, and then my gimbal setups pretty light i either have a dual handle with a monitor but usually i'm just rocking like single handle yeah have you looked into the uh, new ronin sc i like that mimic mode it reminds me like the movie Mm -hmm. yeah that's (sighs) it's small and light if you're using a small ish rig it'll work what what lens do you normally rock on the gimbal uh the 24 mil g master so it's super Uh, oh the 24 prime oh the prime yeah yeah that would work on the sc no problem yeah yeah. I, you know what it is? It'd I be have, an upgrade to downgrade though, because it's have, smaller. So I have the Weeble Lab. I have the Ronin oh, S. Okay. Yeah. Like it's just like you I already can't, got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, be, you would you would take an L for selling the Weeble. That's and the then thing. buying a. I SC. believe if if it's not broken, don't upgrade. Yeah. So like if it's like if it's still working for you, totally. Stop. Save your money. Go take a vacation Absolutely, and see man. some scenery and shoot I, uh, some photos or video. I'm I've been doing Kinetika now for about two years, uh, which is weird because it doesn't sound like very long, but it feels like an eternity. <laughs> uh, but uh, when I first started out, I was just overwhelmed and so excited to just try all these different cameras and different lenses because it was always like a dream of mine to just be able to try everything. Yeah. Um, but now that it's become my job and like every day I do try a different thing, uh, I have had a little burnout myself gonna ask you. with just the overwhelming amount of gear. Also, I've been doing this now for two years, so I'm repeating myself. Like if the new Canon camera, so like there's a rumor that the new 90D from Canon will I be heard. coming out this month. Uh Obviously, there's a lot to talk about because I think there will be some new features. Of course. But for the most part, like there's two types of viewers that watch my videos one of them is somebody like me who just wants to know what's new but then you also have people who are literally just like first-time buyers and they may not know what it, the difference between a dslr and mirrorless yeah is yeah totally so i do try to sometimes even make two types of videos one for the nerds and then one for like my mom you know you what have I mean? to though yeah i feel like just like my subscriber base like there's some basic stuff that I know I have to do. Yeah. And then there's like the more advanced stuff. And it's like finding that balance. Yeah. It's kind of tricky sometimes. Exactly. Because you like, want to keep advancing with yeah. like what you're learning and like what you're doing. And yeah. then I guess that's like, what, wait, I got to get back to the basics for like Joe over there. Because we're essentially, uh, we're teachers too, you yeah. know? So like we're teaching new people old things, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, don't you think too, like it's funny how um, you just forget because you're at a certain level now where you've learned a lot because you've been on YouTube and you've done all this and you've advanced and like, don't you know about uh rule of thirds or don't you know about aperture control? Like, yeah, it's a refresher for you when you're doing the video, right? Yeah. Like you'll be like, hold on one second. Let me look this up. So I don't look like an idiot <laughs> in well, my no, video. No, I mean, I mean that to uh, sometimes the comments or the viewers are yeah. newer people, which was what we were, you know, six seven years ago or whatever yeah um so it is funny to kind of have to not dumb it down but like also speak to them and like teach them something yeah so do you ever have to like when you're doing your youtube stuff like speak at a not a lower level but like teach people i try to dumb it down yeah yeah sometimes yeah for sure especially if it's something like more intricate or detailed 
I try to think of the best way to say it so that everyone across the board yeah. understands and can relate. So what is your favorite project you have worked on so far? I'd have to say Peru. Yeah. 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 Peru. But I also film a lot of exotic cars. So that's yeah, always fun. That. Yeah. The the cars, I mean, it's always, you know. <clears throat> What's your If you had a million dollars, what car would you buy? I'm going to get like super cliche Instagrammer on you. It's not a fancy car at all. I would love like yeah. a restored Volkswagen, like West Falva bus. Are you serious? Nice. Yeah, with the pop-up That's top. That's like obtainable. The camper. <laughs> it is. It totally is. They're like 25, 30 grand. Like, You're not going to pull the, uh, I'll buy a Lamborghini, sell it, and then buy that, and then keep the rest, right? No. Like, <laughs> if it's really If it's really about owning one car, like that's your answer. That's yeah. cool. That would be, and just like road tripping. What do you think of that new Corvette? It's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty the, sick. Again, for the price point and the fact that it's a, you it's, know, it's a dream come true for a lot of people. 43? I know uh, it starts at 60 and okay. it's, uh, it looks like a Ferrari and it is a mid-engine. And it, you I know, don't think I've seen that one yet. Oh, you don't know about this? No. So Corvette finally released a mid-engine Corvette and oh, it wow. starts at 60. It goes zero to 60 in three seconds. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I'll show you later. That's sick. This is, yeah. this is way off topic. Uh, but um, so tell me about some of your car stuff. Do you, or if you just always been fascinated with cars, you've been a car guy. Yeah. I, I grew up with like the Ricers, like back yeah. home, like the Civics, the Eclipses, you know, like the Integras doing motor swaps in our driveways and stuff. So I've always loved like street racing legally and just tinkering with stuff like i said earlier before so when i had the opportunity to film some of these cars it was like a dream come true and yeah i filmed uh some guys from like daily driven and exotics on youtube who have like oh, cool. a ton of followers and it's just fun like yeah it's always shenanigans they're always playing practical jokes on one another <laughs> they're always crashing into things and wow. everyone's always safe but like recently um we did a rally from california to vegas uh-huh. we stopped at valley of fire and we pull in a parking lot and one guy's like, I could I could do donuts here. And then his other friend's like, why don't you do it around my Huracan? And he's like, I could do that. And like, mind you, he has like a one of 50. I think it's like a 14 Gallardo. It has uh-huh. like the Italian flag on the side. It's yellow. So he's like swinging around and around. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go back the other way now. So as he's going, he just like hits the curb. The tire bends in in the rear. Like the caliper, which is huge, goes flying. <laughs> And we're once again, no service. Uh And we're just like, well, now what? Like we have 12 exotic cars with us and (laughs) he has to get back. We can't leave a Lamborghini and it's blocking like the entrance to the pull off. Yeah. So we're like, what do we do? And he's this is the mindset of the people that he's just like, oh, I'm just going to have my tow truck driver from Newport (laughs) bring my I think he has like a Mercedes eight. 86 or some some AMG car. He's like, I'll have him just swap my cars. And in the morning, <laughs> he pulls up and you're just like, must be nice. <laughs> yeah. So wait, what is it? You shoot with these guys? Yeah, I just film their rallies. And yeah, yeah, I do like their rallies. Do they have and, a YouTube channel? Uh, some of them do. Yeah, a lot oh. of them have YouTube channels. Um, Multimillionaires, I guess? Or they just have deals? Young. They just have deals with yeah, these car companies? Yeah, a couple gotcha. of them do some big stuff. But um, what's... So I know for me, when I moved to California, it's only, it hasn't even been a year yet for me. I moved in October of last year. Like just moving here instantly, I feel like I rec- I got 
more opportunities just by being here. Yeah. Have you found that by living in like around LA and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, um, what we do is a dime a dozen, yeah. but at the same time, everybody needs content. So like we're back home, it was more um, unionized. Mm-hmm. So there was ad agencies and like yeah. film unions and stuff like that out here. I think it's more like the networking and the friendships and relationships that you make totally. and word of mouth. Yeah. And being that everybody needs content, I do something called like a pitch deck. Mm-hmm. You're probably familiar with yeah. it. It's like a storyboard or a music video treatment. Yeah. And I'll just tailor it to like the niche or the brand specifically and send them an email. And usually that's what gets me the gigs. So I don't do, slide in DMs or anything. Do you like actually that. reach out to brands? I do. Like just cold? Yeah. Like yeah. That? yeah. For sure. And I'll, I'll use my analytics to help because yeah. like, unfortunately, it's not always about the numbers, but it helps. Yeah. So I'll say, you know, I've worked on X, Y, and Z. Here's my packages. Here's yeah. my concept for you guys. What do you think? And, you know, I have, it's, I don't think anyone's doing it that style except for like the bigger that. guys. So yeah. when they see that, instead of like an Instagram DM, like send me free stuff, yeah. it's very different. Sure. Or like, yeah. That makes sense. And like, do they ever reach out to you too from yeah. word of mouth and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Has your work grown since living in California? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think moving from New York to California at 29 mm-hmm. has been like the most growth I've had in my 32 years of being on this planet. You it's know, amazing. like, yeah, um, it's crazy out here. Wow. I love it. So I've told a lot of my friends too, who are back home, like in the film industry and Nashville has a very unique film TV industry. It's all country music and -hmm. and Christian music Okay, and then Christian industry, country music industry. uh, And that's about it. Okay. (laughs) But there's a lot of work in those circles. Yeah. Uh, But I've told all my friends that, you know, just by moving here, simply like you meet a person that introduce you to someone that gives you a job that then can turn into something else. And like, Oh yeah. It's just like, so it's so worth it. If you're somebody listening to this podcast right now, who is blessed to live in America to be able to hop States. Yeah. Consider moving here and trying it, be smart and be wise, save your money. Like, but the, I feel like the price can scare people and you kind of have to take a little bit of a risk because it yeah. is more expensive to it's live so here, expensive. but you make more money too. That's you the do. thing. Cause, and I'm not saying that, as like braggy brag i'm literally saying the job that you would have booked in ohio you would have made 300 dollars, and here you might have made 500 600 or maybe even a thousand yeah for the same job yeah just because it's understood that that's how much it costs yeah so i might be spoiled just because i've been doing this for a long time and i have had more opportunities because i have a platform whenever but i have found that at least the pay does kind of justify the rent, I guess. Totally. A little bit. I mean, you can't beat the location. I Let know, me ask right? you, um, are you in OC, LA? Yeah, we're in OC. We live okay. in, my wife and I, uh, we live in Laguna Beach okay. area or Laguna Go. Yeah. I like LA, but I think OC is like perfect for yeah. me. It's a little slower pace. It's awesome. And you're going to be a good dad one day, man. LA <laughs> is <laughs> just too much, like bits and pieces. Like yeah. I'll go there for work like often, but like, yeah. I don't think I could ever live there. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. And uh, a lot of people that also just are there to get something from you. They're not there to like be your yeah. friend. <laughs> but we see through that. So yeah, we do. Cause yeah. we're not from here. So <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, let's see. Sorry. I'm just reading my little notes. No, you're good. Um, 
So let's talk about Instagram because you do have a love for photography too. I do. Obviously. In fact, you seem to, I mean, you started with photography. So is it, it's your first love. Yeah, it definitely is my first love. Um, tell me about the process of just building your Instagram following, but also just your career in photography as well. Um, well, moving out here, obviously you have all the national parks that yeah. like, people dream of going. Like <laughs> we'll take road trips and just like the second we get out there, we're just running like Yosemite yeah. and uh-huh. Joshua Tree. It's so much fun out here. Whereas New York City was just city, yeah. street. Where you do know. you live again? Uh, where in Orange County? Yeah, Costa Mesa. Oh, sweet. Like Ten minutes. We away. should do like Instagram <laughs> shoots because I need. Yeah, I need to take pictures for my account, and so okay. I can take some for you. Yeah. and I take some for me. I'm game. That'd be amazing. But as far as curating like an Instagram <laughs> or stuff like that, I'm part of a couple big Instagram feature pages like Create Commune, LA yeah. Shooters, and Creative Optic. So we showcase other people's like work. So I think a lot of my following came from like that, reaching out to other Instagram people and like engaging on people's so photos did like, you start those mod account or those uh um ca- aggregate accounts or are you just a part of no i'm, a, I'm a, like a partner with them so okay. i'll go in there and send selects for them to post like for, for your, us to post from your own work no from others like we'll just okay. look at hashtags and like trending photos and gotcha. if we try to feature the smaller guys you yeah. know that are have awesome content not just the big dogs you know because yeah. they just keep growing but um i think with that community the it's very the, the photography community is just very awesome like yeah. everyone supports one another i've met some of my best friends from social media alone uh-huh. and i think just being genuine and yeah. commenting on people's stuff it's it's it could be a second job in itself yeah so it does get overwhelming and i know people kind of hate on the algorithm changes and engagement and buy fake stuff but yeah. at the end of the day put out your best work talk to people network meet up yeah. with others and shoot let me ask you this though i have you got work from Instagram? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, brands and like locals like reach out to me, seeing so like through hashtags. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. And it's not just about getting a bunch of followers; it's about having a, a nice following and a portfolio to yeah. get work. Yeah. 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 It's crazy because like some of the biggest DPs that I know that shoot you know everyone's music videos they have like 500 followers on instagram they don't care it's because they're working yeah exactly (laughs) and uh they they also post everything with a 235 crop on it so it's (laughs) like super wide you can't see anything because you're putting it in portrait yeah i've told a lot of my dp friends like stop posting 16 by 9 images yeah they're like but that's the frame that i shot for the music video it's like just like that's not how it works bro do you got to play five. the game. You, you do have game, to play bro. the game. You want that four by six. So they have or to swipe six, yeah. twice to go up. And then like, if it's nice, they'll double tap. Yeah. If you, you want to do it, yeah, you could do like the carousel. You could do three and one yep. as a widescreen, you know, just do that. So yeah. some people I feel like just take Instagram and social media in general way too seriously. Yeah. Um, once again, balance. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I guess in a lot of ways, the people that we're joking about too are just using it casually. They're just using it like a normal person would, which is yeah, following your friends and family and like seeing what what's up, seeing what people are doing, how it's meant to be. That's exactly <laughs> not selling like skinny tees <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, using my promo code, bro. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. That's the thing is like I wonder if the creators of Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube like realized. I think the the pure goal and dream for them was to just have a platform for people to like post stuff and share and, and have conversations. Yeah. But it's just turned into this industry now. It's amazing. You know what's crazy is like 
I'll talk to like younger kids and stuff and I'll just pick their brains like yeah. when I'm on shoots or like my friends like kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, you know what they say? A doctor. YouTuber. <laughs> they all want to be YouTubers. Yeah, I, I want to be an astronaut when I was five years old. I think I saw it like on the news, like there was a big poll that was done in <laughs> America and that's the number one uh, thing that people, kids want to be. It's crazy. It's. I remember when YouTube was invented. I was in high school. I remember yeah. somebody, I was a magician at the time. <laughs> I was showing a trick and he's like, oh, I saw that on YouTube. I was like, wait, you know how this works? And he's like, yes, somebody revealed that trick on YouTube. I was oh, like, wow. what's YouTube? I would have been mad. And so I went on there and this was before they had like any type of copyright or claim system at all. It was okay. really just like an open platform for people to upload whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, and so people were taking magic like DVDs and curriculum that you normally would have to pay like a hundred dollars to learn. No. And they would just upload the whole thing. <sighs> well, in 10 minute segments. Cause you know, YouTube could only allow 10 minutes yeah. at a time. Also, I think it was like a, I don't remember what the, the limit was. I think you couldn't do HD at all. It was like 480p back yeah, then. Yeah, probably. So you're a big Sony shooter. Mm -hmm. Have you been a loyalist to them for a while or like did you switch over when kind of the 5D to A7S kind of thing happened? Or um, I've been shooting for about three and a half years now. And my first camera was like obviously a T5i like most people. Yeah. Then I picked up an 80D. Yeah. And then when I moved out here like right away, my roommate at the time had an A7 II. And he was upgrading to the R2. Nice. So I'm like looking at this thing. I'm like, what is this? Like, this so is small. Yeah. EVF. What the heck? Like, yeah. I'm like, this is sick. Like, I, I could see everything changing in real time and not take chimp and take a bunch of test photos. So I bought it off of him. Got an R2 like six months later. Oh, wow. Uh, the R3 was announced. Flipped the R2. So, yeah, it's been like yeah. two years that I've been on Sony. Okay. And um, just for my workflow, yeah, they work totally. great for me. But now... I'm kind of wanting 4K 60 and 10 bit raw. So I'm like, I'll just hold out before you buy the Black Magic because A7S3 <sighs> still hasn't come yet and it will I soon. I know. I'm hearing a lot of rumors yeah. from connections and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, uh, you know, the we already know about the Panasonic S1H. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty boss camera too. So that looks sick. The Sigma camera kind of came yeah. out of nowhere yeah it's like random for so. people who don't know it's like a modular cinema system and i think it does raw it does and i think it yeah uh, externally like really high bit bit rate 14 for, i think yeah, yeah it's pretty so crazy it's pretty nuts first camera okay that, that's <laughs> a flex <laughs> um do you prefer commercial work or creating your own content so like i've youtube instagram stuff yeah um great topic i think commercial work isn't for everybody um, I filmed some TV shows, some feature films, like in my early stages, really saw how the industry worked and it wasn't for me. I like being able to have a little bit of everything, storyboarding, yeah. directing, AC, DP, yeah. like just planning it out and like bringing my client's vision to life and seeing their reactions. I don't like filming, uh -huh. handing in your SD card yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Like there's not much to it. Like yeah. you don't really see the stuff ever unless it's like something huge. Um, but yeah, I just like as a creator, 
just being able, I think for any type of person getting into content creating, you need to know how to do a little bit of everything, yeah. photo, video, yeah. graphic design, uh -huh. little intros for YouTubes or banners, just like totally. being able to do a little bit of everything and being like half decent. Crafty at it. Yeah, yeah. then just being niched down to just being really good at photos, but can't yeah. figure out video, I think will set you apart from a lot of people and inevitably get you more work. Yeah. Like some of my clients are like, wait, you do photo and graphic stuff? I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, okay. Like, we don't need three people now. We could just exactly. use you. And it like kind of works out in the end. So uh, hearing you say all this, I mean, like, would your kind of end goal, if you were to right now make it up, like, would it be to have your own like production company with editors and shooters and kind of run that and direct that or yeah i think that's a lot of our goals like just being able to oversee and work more on passion projects or nonprofit uh -huh. stuff and have a team to help execute it yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. imagine for you you have a jason anthony office you have two guys that only do your youtube channel <laughs> so one guy that shoots and one guy that edits your youtube videos i don't know if i could do that no so that would be pure to you only yeah okay i know there's there's nothing a, wrong with that. i heard a rumor that when casey was doing his daily vlogs he had somebody on staff that was picking all of his music okay which makes sense because every time i would watch his vlog i was like how is he nailing the songs in every single vlog and it was yeah. always different yeah so i was like i was so frustrated because it's like how can he not only edit every day but have the perfect music yeah every day yeah uh it's because he had somebody potentially, this is a rumor, but okay. a guy that was finding, <laughs> finding tracks for him. That's that's what takes the longest, I feel like. Yeah. Oh. I wouldn't mind having a shooter. Like I said, some of my subscribers or friends will come and like, okay. like I need to do a B-roll segment. Obviously, I have to be using the product like, yeah. or I have this idea. Do you mind help filming it? But as far as editing, I don't know if I could trust someone just yet because okay. I'm still trying to find my style. Sure. And, and once you find it, you can then teach it. Exactly. For me, when I had Connor working for me, it took about six months for he and I to get on the same page with his editing and then also just our language and being able to understand each other. Okay. It actually got to a point where, like, you might have heard this before, but like when you hire somebody that is good, they bring stuff to the table that you would never even think of. Yeah. But I totally get where you're coming from. You kind of want to figure it out. And that's where I am right now. I'm a solo YouTuber again. And I kind of want to just be solo for a while and figure out what the heck I'm doing so then maybe one day you can teach someone else yeah I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like what works and what doesn't work and like what my yeah. audience wants to watch but at the same time stay true to myself and create stuff that I want to create yeah and it's once again like that balance it's just figuring it out and you yeah. have to play the game but yeah don't sell out like I'm sure you get emails of like random companies trying to sell you oh, like inexpensive products and you have to pick and choose but in the beginning when those emails start coming in you're like a slider like yeah, send it. it over and yeah. then you get it it's like like so, not moving and, and stuff it's like, and you're now like, i have to make a video about this yeah. yeah i've started uh telling people i'll send it back like hey i don't want to do your video anymore that. i'll send it back <laughs> and then they always say nah don't don't worry about it yep yep <laughs> unless they're like a startup and they're like yes please send it back <laughs> right. we need it uh because we don't have any money <laughs> um so you hosted an ama on your instagram stories i did uh we wanted to share uh, some of those questions cool. and answer them live on the podcast. Sure. Um, so a lot of people were curious how you turn your hustle and aspirations of being a filmmaker into a legitimate business. Mm -hmm. So let's address that first. Uh, how did you actually do that? Um, when I started getting serious into video, I would reach out to local businesses yeah. and 
be willing to shoot stuff for free or very inexpensive, mm. like a hundred dollars for a promo video. And I just start building up my reel. And once you have that reel built, you could start sending it out and tailoring it to specific niches. And that's what I always tell everybody. If you want to get into fitness, mm-hmm. reach out to a gym or a fitness model or competitor. Yeah. Shoot a free video, you know, make it the best one that you possibly can and then send it off to other people and you know, slowly build that reel up. Totally. And that networking. How did you get gear? Did you go into debt? Um Do you think people should? I don't think people should. Yeah, I don't um, either. Once again, as cliche as it sounds, like the best gear is the gear that you have. So mm-hmm. I've seen people do some crazy stuff like Andy too. Mm-hmm. Like the, the stuff he does on iPhones is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, and he has crazy cameras, but he just proves like, look what, like, look what I just made. Mm-hmm. So I think like anyone trying to get into like content creation or YouTube or something like that, um, use what you have. Yeah. I don't think you could knock on someone's door and shoot a promo video with an iPhone and then take like you seriously, but you could definitely like do some cool stuff like the Osmo Pockets, mind blowing for what it could do. It really is. There's some crazy stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And even if you, instead of looking at what's new, like oh, I can't afford anything new, look on the used market. There's some great cameras. I stay buying used. Oh my, my glass, I refuse. Oh yeah, same. yeah, same. Yeah, most cameras, especially from the bigger manufacturers, are workhorses and they're designed yeah. to be rugged and last a long time. So oh yeah, um, you know. If you're looking at like a Canon 80D or something used, I mean, chances are it's totally fine. So, oh yeah. Um, what strategies did you find to be successful in? Uh, I'm gonna skip that one. So, uh, so you get started, you make your first project, maybe yeah. you land a couple jobs. How do you make yourself stand out? How do you make yourself stand out? Yeah. Um, I'd say being professional. Um, that's good pre-planning the shoots finding out what their vision is don't just go in there and show up on time yeah show up on time (laughs) and um just create the best work possible see like a lot of the brands i work with or the clients i look at their previous videos and i from other creators and not bashing anybody but i'm just like how can i make this better Mm -hmm. you know are they doing wide medium and tight shots are they you know, showcasing the location or the product like in a way that fits the brand. Mm-hmm. So I really do like my R and D. I'd say, oh, nice. and that's like some pre-production. Yeah, go into like the meeting or like the meetup with the brand or the person, and mm-hmm. already know about them, what yeah. they're about, their aesthetics, like yeah. their mission statement. Totally. Um, all right, so now we're gonna get to some specific questions okay. from actual. <laughs> like, I'll read their handles here. Cool. So we got Angel. Origogoliosis. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really weird handle. I can't pronounce it. Um, but he or she asked, if you had to shoot with one lens forever, what would it be? <laughs> um, If it was a prime, a 35, like 1.4. Yeah. And then if it was a zoom, I'd say 24 to 70. Yeah. Yeah. It's your go-to, man. <laughs> What's more challenging? Oh, sorry. At Haxwell underscore asks... What's more challenging, under budget requests or my way or the highway clients? That's a good question. Ooh, that's that's tough. My way or the highway clients? Well, if they can't fit into their budget, like realistically, I'll work with everybody. Like I won't pass up a gig yeah. unless I feel like my value is not being appreciated or acknowledged. But um, my way or the highway? I've told clients like your idea is just unrealistic for like the amount that you want to pay. Mm-hmm. Like you want lighting and fog and 
an open set and your budget's like 500 and <laughs> you want an audio guy and you know makeup like yeah. unless you can get all that together like i certainly can't for that price like my day rate's more than that like yeah <laughs> so sometimes i you have to pass it down but i'll i'll counter with like this is what i could do you know like you try yeah. to like yeah i would say my way of the highway clients would be more challenging than under budget because i'm with you on the budget because it's like i've had clients sometimes when i was doing freelance mm-hmm. be like well you know how much is this going to cost mm-hmm. and it's like well the concept that you have i can do with almost any budget you just just give me a number and i'll make it work yeah and if it's only $500, that's fine. I'm just going to have to shoot it on my DSLR and, yeah. uh, you know, shoot at a park with like a random exactly. friend who's <laughs> going to be an actor or whatever. Yep. Um, Run around downtown LA and without a permit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> at They Call Me Johnny B asks, <laughs> these are great handles. <laughs> what was your biggest failure in the industry and how did you overcome it? Also, what did you learn from it? I shot a very high-end real estate property in S-Log 2. Mm. I don't know if you've ever played with that profile. And I was two stops overexposed. The shadows were lifted. And when I started editing it, the walls became mush. So this was like... noisy. Oh, my God. Artifacting teal and purple everywhere. So I had to go back and shoot in a different profile. And I think for me, that's why I started making those profile videos. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, all right, here's how I messed up. So I'm trying to save you guys from, you know, doing the same. So I went in and shot Cine 4 and it looked beautiful. But at first they were like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I purchased like neat video, slapped uh, on the denoiser. It's not working. So I think just it was under- easier for you to just reshoot it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think just like understanding the gear that you have and knowing how to use it, especially mm-hmm. picture profiles, like understanding when's the right time and place. Um, that was my biggest mistake. Yeah. 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 I've messed up on You're You're going to mess up on shoots, Absolutely. but I feel like you learn from them and grow the most when you mess up because yeah. you'll never do that again. Do you ever shoot in S-Log now? No, not anymore. I, I did for a while, but now I've been on Hyperlog Gamma. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. That's, that's my because jam. Because you get uh, the flexibility of dynamic range of uh, log, but like you don't have to work too hard to it's like editing have a, a good color. Photo. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, at Gordon Noli asks, what is the one thing you wish someone told you when you were starting out? Mm, there will be times where you're going to be broke mm. in freelance. There's going to be months where you cannot keep up mm-hmm. um, budget and plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Start a savings because mm-hmm. there's waves and you got to be able to ride them until you get to that point where people are like reaching out and like it's nonstop and Obviously, that's when you start building out your team. But yeah, um, it's social media is like a highlight reel for many. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that's not real life. Yeah. You're going to be broke. You're going to be eating ramen and yeah. going to Del Taco. And totally. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle. But if you keep persistent enough with it, um, Earl, I, you ever hear Earl Nightingale? I think so. He's like an older guy. I've heard the name before. Yeah, he's from like the 50s and 60s. And he has one quote that always stood out to me. And it's like, um, success is for him was defined by um, a realistic or worthy ideal. Mm. Like, so thinking about like a realistic goal that you can obtain and going after it. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be a billionaire tomorrow. But, you know, if you progressively make 
the effort into the direction that you want to get to you it's very feasible yeah just gotta grind Man, that was a great great little nugget you gave me there i love it <laughs> so <laughs> how would you actually define your brand my brand yeah the Damn. jason anthony brand mm-hmm. raw raw i don't sugarcoat anything because i'm from new york now say it like you're from new york raw <laughs> there you go raw <laughs> yeah i think that's kind of um what stands out with my work work ethic out here people are a little shocked i guess maybe sometimes with my turnaround times or like my worth ethic like back home like that new york minute's true mm. you know bars don't close till 4 a.m and then there's after hour spots people are always out and about working and stuff like that and out here it's super laid back dude mm -hmm. like that cali bro <laughs> mentality like <laughs> yeah. chill out relax like yeah yeah it's real yeah. so like when someone else from out of state comes in we're not gonna work because the surf is up so <laughs> uh, yeah you're, you're i mean yeah nashville yeah. like same thing like we we grind we yeah, hustle yeah. like we're on the move so mm -hmm. i think that's what sets me out like apart from others like yeah out here i love that yeah where do you see your future you know with your brand um going in the right direction <laughs> momentum um yeah. like i said ideally i'd love to either be traveling full-time creating content for brands like overseas like thailand or bali or just like working on campaigns like some of my friends do um that's what i would prefer over production mm -hmm. so if i'm able to travel and make a living and like get to see places and experience stuff that's like my end all goal like like pretty much everybody yeah you know absolutely in our creative field <laughs> so what's kind of just some last advice that you have to creators that want to be full-time just like you stop saying you're going to do something and start acting on it mm -hmm. um I didn't think I'd get any views or subscribers on YouTube. I just threw stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't start, if you're too scared, like you're going to be bad on fr in front of camera. Absolutely. Like my videos are cringe. If You know how many times I've changed like sets? <laughs> like just keep going. Like yeah. if, you do, if you start, you will get there. Mm -hmm. So stop sitting on your butt. I love it. And start doing something. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so we went from... Long Island, <laughs> the corporate world to photography, then video, cancer, mm -hmm. California. Man, it's been a, a journey for you in your career. It's amazing. Yeah. Anything that we left out? No, no. <laughs> Cover <laughs> That's the my story. Dude, I can't wait to see like what happens with your uh, brand and your career Thank over you. the next couple of years. I know we'll probably stay friends. Hell yeah. Living right around each other. So yeah, we, we got to collab. We should hang out for sure. Do a collab video when the A7S3 comes. Right. <laughs> Thanks, man, for coming out. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Jason Anthony. If you want to check out his work, then I suggest you go follow him on YouTube. His YouTube channel is called I'm Jason Anthony and follow him on Instagram at I'm underscore Jason Anthony. If you're a fan of the show and you haven't subscribed already in Apple Podcasts, then please consider hitting the subscribe button and giving us a review in the Apple Podcast player. We interview new guests every single week here on the Golden Hour Podcast. So thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays, here in the Polar Pro Studio, and we'll see you next week.